When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia. He's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh. Welcome, fight fans, to the reaction show for Canelo versus Dimitri Bivol. And an upset indeed it was this past weekend. Dimitri Bivol gets the decision on all three judges' scorecards in what was, on the cards, quite a close affair. But in reality, wasn't as close as what people might think it is, looking at them cards. And we're going to be discussing this fight, the reaction to the fight, how the fight went down, what our thoughts are, what our future thoughts are, and what these two men are going to do going forward. But... You know, one thing I will say from the outset is, Johnston, you mentioned about the pressure in the preview for this episode, and I put a segment out on social media, funnily enough, uh, of you talking about how Bivol beats Canelo, and there was a couple of comments from people on social media saying, well, he doesn't beat Bivol, Bivol doesn't beat Canelo, <laughs> and uh, yesterday I decided that I'm going to react to them, and I just said to them, well, this hasn't, <laughs> this hasn't aged very well, hasn't it, because... Let's 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 talk about it. Let's talk about what happened. It was it was a it was a fight where I felt like Canelo obviously had took a step too far. He'd definitely bitten off more than he could chew in Dimitri Bivol and I'm gonna pass this over to you to get your thoughts, but my sort of headline opener for this really was that it was a punch perfect performance from Dimitri Bivol. It was. He did everything that we said he needed to do to beat Canelo. We, we, we mentioned how Golovkin has been the only one to really push him back, although um, he didn't get the decision that night that many of us felt that he deserved. And he was the only one to really do it, even in the second fight, although Canelo improved more from when they fought first time. So for me, that was the blueprint. And, and what Bivol did turn around and say is that the other fight, which we failed to mention, was Kovlev. And Kovlev, for, for us, uh, when we did uh, discuss that fight, was for us, we felt Kovlev was ahead. And the one thing 
before he got knocked out. And the one thing he didn't do was he did never followed up on his pressure. He didn't put enough pressure on Canelo and then ended up eventually getting sparked. But Biv will see that as the blueprint. You know, he probably looked at that Glovkin fight, looked at Kovlev and thought, if I work behind my jab and then put my pressure on him when I need to, then I will get a decision. They were confident they would get a decision. But there's one thing I would like to say before we even go into anything else is we always say that every fighter that fights Canelo is always about three or four rounds down before they actually start picking up points. And the first four rounds, all three judges gave it to Canelo. All four for the first. Insane for me. Absolutely ridiculous. If anything, that was a 2-2 for me. If anything, Bivol was a 3-1 up. So he was even behind. And we said he needed to win eight of the 12 rounds, I think he won nine, and that's why he got a decision the way he did. Just imagine if um, Canelo had have sort of put the steps on the gas after round nine, which was his probably most eventful round, his best round, I think we would have seen a draw on them cards, and it wouldn't have been fair because I thought Bivol was outstanding. Bivol put on an absolute brilliant performance and at times he made Canelo look pretty bang average Canelo's still a special fighter and obviously we'll come on to the aftermath of where these fighters go next and all the talk of rematches and moving back down and all the rest of it but you know going back to Bibble he deserves the credit because both of us didn't think he was going to win this and there was a lot of people like us out there that just kind of felt you know, Canelo's shown he can do it at light heavyweight against the bigger guy. And could he do it against Bivol? And Bivol's skill set was, was, was fantastic. His combinations were fantastic. His pressure, the way he moved in and out of range and made sure that Canelo wasn't able to get much back on him. And when Canelo did fire combinations in, what I noticed was significant that none of them were really landing. None of them. Barring a few uppercuts throughout the course of the fight that I noticed, a lot of them were landing on gloves, on arms, on elbows. They weren't really getting through that tight, high guard. And he didn't really work the body that well either, Canelo. That was something you mentioned in the preview, was that you know maybe because of the high guard of Bivol, Bivol you know, will be susceptible to, to being worked to the body. And Canelo didn't really do much of that. He was trying to use the tactics that he'd employed against previous bigger men, i.e. Callum Smith and, and Caleb Plant, you know, to try and work his way on the inside and bully bully the man. And he didn't he didn't do that against Bivol because Bivol was absolutely sound. And that fifth round was a telling moment and a pivotal moment in the fight for me. Because it's at that moment when Bivol fires off this combination Canelo backs on the ropes. Canelo's goading him in and saying, look, come on, let's have a fight. And Bivol just stands there and doesn't trade with him. Bivol keeps his poker face, keeps his game face on, doesn't show any interpretation that you know he is going to trade with Canelo and sticks to his game plan 100%. And you could see after that fifth round, Canelo was starting to get frustrated throughout the course of the second half of the fight, even more so when he, when he literally picks Bivol up, I think, in the 11th round, and he puts him on his shoulders and walks around with him. And I'm just like, that is just a massive sign of frustration from Canelo. I think after that fifth round, I'm wondering if Canelo kind of knew you know, I'm, I'm struggling here. I don't think I'm going to beat this guy. Maybe this guy's just too big. Maybe that, that was where Canelo kind of knew it was going to be a very difficult night for him and it wasn't going to go his way. Maybe he didn't, but his game plan didn't work. Bivols did, and it was a brilliant performance. And Canelo certainly bitten off more than he can chew. And for me now, it leads to the question of, of what happens next for these two guys. The immediate aftermath is rematch. Canelo says he wants a rematch a day later after that immediate aftermath. Now he's saying maybe we could do it at 168. Well, it's Bivol that's suggesting that he could get down to 168 and fight for all the titles that Canelo currently holds in the super middleweight division. What do you think about 
the aftermath of the fight and is a rematch warranted or should Bivol move on? Should he go and look to fight the winner of Smith Baturbiev? Or if that rematch clause is invoked, should he really try to boil down to 168 to fight him? Well, I think the one thing we mentioned was the uh, re- rehydration clause that wasn't in the contract for this fight, uh, which he had in like Keneno had in line for Kovlev. So, um, you know, if anything, that probably was it, for, for me. I mean, we mentioned it on the show. We said, you know, that is that's a sign of that he's confident that he could beat um, Bivol. But Bivol was t- just too strong. He's too strong at the weight. He's a genuine light heavyweight. No matter, you know, the size difference for me. I mean, people are talking about this massive size difference in. I don't think there was that much, to be honest with you. He's had the height on him, but, you know, Canelo's quite broad. And, and the fact that Canelo just couldn't hurt Bivol frustrated him. Like, when is the last time we ever see Canelo hit someone? It didn't even make him wince. I mean, we see Golovkin wince a couple of times. But, it, I mean, he's got a great poker face himself. Canelo has. But Canelo was was the one that was in that was laboring the one that was in trouble maybe the extra weight wasn't good for him because he fatigued for me he had a great ninth round and i thought here we go he's going to put the pressure on bivol now and that was what i sort of assumed was going to happen pretty much i thought bivol had done fantastic to that point but then bivol turned it on on its head again put him back pushing him back and as you say it was just he's very frustrated canelo i can understand why he would want to rematch at 168 I do wonder if that rematch, if there is a rematch clause, if it actually stipulates that, if it says that actually, you know, the rematch is whatever weight category that I want you to fight at. But it even still, does does Bivol really need to do it? Does he really need to boil himself down to 168 pounds to fight Canelo? Where, um, you know, he, he didn't have any real, I don't think, apart from a couple of uppercuts, really, he got hurt. He, I think he showed, he demonstrated that he, he, his, his arm hurt because a lot of those shots are hitting him in the arms. And eventually I thought that would wear Bivol down. But he stayed strong. And um, yeah, complete poker face. Didn't look like he was hurt at all. I think it would be a mistake for Bivol to ball down because I think it just gives Canelo an advantage. And he's already got the advantage, Canelo. We've already seen that on the cards. He goes into every fight three or four rounds up. He was four rounds up on Bivol and Bivol still beat him. So for me... You know, and you even just said it there from the fifth round. Canelo was getting frustrated from that point, but he's he's what four one up at that point. It's it's crazy. So why would you go into his backyard? You know, you're a few rounds down, and then and then give him the the advantage with having to lose weight because you know you're if you lose that if you boil down to one six eight, he's going to lose a lot of weight. I'm not saying he can't do it, but it's just the the the, the, the punches that come back from that that Canelo hits him with, he's going to be more susceptible to. And, and and therefore it makes it, it I think it's you side with Canelo at 168 for me I say Bivol walks away he's beat Canelo he, he needs to look at Baturbiev or Smith Jr and um, yeah I think for me that's what it is and, and Canelo what he needs to do is just remain at 168 and then put the doubters to bed because at 168 he's a big puncher whoever he is he's going to hurt it's just not going to happen at light heavyweight and what's the point I, I just don't get it it just doesn't make sense to me fighting at 168 I would I would say to if I was team Bivol no, don't go anywhere near it. Unless the money is ridiculous and, you know, you know that's what speaks louder than anything, isn't it? Yeah, and the fact that he could fight for all the titles could be 
a, a factor in it. And that's yeah. something Bivol did mention about maybe going down to once again to fight for the undisputed super middleweight championship, fighting for all four belts. You know, the logistics of that happening are quite difficult because it's whether the sanctioning bodies will allow that to happen as well for him to come down. I possibly would because it'd be classed as a bit of a super fight, of course. So maybe that could happen. But if you're Demetri Bivol, why do you need to do that now? You've just beaten the guy who's considered the top pound-for-pounder in the world. You now just placed yourself probably in the top 10 of pound-for-pound fighters. There is obviously going to be some debate around where Canelo now sits. That's probably a conversation to have uh, another day. But, you know, looking at Dimitri Bivol's career now, I'd be considering looking at the winner of Joe Smith Jr. versus Artur Baturbiev in June. Look at the winner of that. Look at unifying the division you're already in rather than trying to boil down. Dimitri Bivol's got the opportunity to do that, and I don't see why moving down to 168 will be of any benefit to him other than really struggling to make the weight, you know, and draining himself down and, and the issues that can cause with the fighter when he's naturally always fought at 174, 175, you know, so why, why, why do that, in my opinion? But then we're going to move it over. Through to... that. It doesn't seem, it seems crazy, doesn't it? I'm with yeah. you. I just think it's, it's, it's a silly thing to do on his part, no matter how much is at stake, you know, all the titles and obviously money-wise, but for me, I mean, it's still a big... He's, he's earned a lot of money for the fight and people are going to credit him for beating Canelo now. Yeah, I say he moves on. Well, Alvarez wants to stay at 168. I don't think he's going to go back to, to, to the light heavyweight division. And I think there's talk of... Uh, I don't know what the deal is with, with the fight with Triple G and if that's completely dead in the water, but I, I noticed Chris Eubank Jr. was tweeting Triple G saying, you know, if you need a dance partner now, Canelo's failed. I'm up for the uh, I'm up for the fight. I, I'm just wondering whether he can still find that damn pen somewhere in his house to sign the contract that he never signed a few years before. So, I, I mean, for me, I, I'd still like to see it at 168, but I think the people on social media, the boxing fraternity, what they want to see for Canelo at 168 is they want to see fights with Andrade at 168, they want to see Benavidez at 168, they want, possibly want to see the rubber match with Golovkin at 168. There's three fights that Canelo can be involved in at 168, which will still completely solidify his legacy. I think he's already done that personally. I think he's solidified his legacy as a four-weight world champion, but if he wants to put any doubters to bed against who the best in the world is at number one, top pound for pound, then he needs to fight these other guys as well. I know he's already done it. I know he's already fought the other best challengers around and beaten them. But if he was to go on and beat these other young, hungry challengers that people are considering to be the best of the division now, then if he can continue to do that for another year or two, then he will solidify himself as possibly the best super middleweight of all time. And, and that's that's not a feat to be sniffed at whatsoever. So if I was Canelo's team, I'd be looking at that. I can't really see why you would want to move back down to middleweight again. I think 168 is going to be the division that he stays at. I think if he does ever move to light heavyweight again, it probably will be as he's getting older. Maybe when he gets to 34, 35 years of age, naturally the weight might become a problem and he might have to move back up again. We'll see what happens. But I think in the interim... If I was wanting to see an ideal path for these two men now, I'd want to see Bivol versus the winner of Smith versus Baturbiev, and then I'd want to see Alvarez versus Golovkin 3, or possibly Benavidez. You know, I mean, they, they'd be the immediate fights that I'd want to see in the aftermath of this. But, my word, it was a bit of an upset. It wasn't a major upset, but it was a bit of an upset. But it's certainly shown us that Dimitri Bivol is, is one of the best fighters in the world. He's certainly up there as the number two best light heavyweight probably behind Baturbiev 
but he's just done what not a lot of people, including ourselves, thought we're doing. He's upset the apple cart, and you know, I'm really chuffed for him, really, as a, as a fighter that he's been able to do it. And and I like when underdogs do get the victories. And I know we kind of went against Bivol, and, and, and that's fair enough, given on what Alvarez has done previously. But you know, that that's all it's done for me is shown that Bivol, in the highest profile fight of his career, he didn't switch off. He put on a punch perfect performance, and now he's certainly got an argument for being in the top pen, top ten pound for pounders. He has, and uh, I mean, the one thing we didn't stop alluding to was the fact that, you know, how far you do start behind on the cards. You do against Canelo, it's inevitable, and we see that again. He's still come through that. I mean, we said eight rounds he had to win. I feel, For me, I think he won nine. I think <clears throat> nine-three was a fair re- reflection of the fight for me. Um, you could possibly argue an eight-four. And then sort of when you see the three cards and you're sort of thinking, it's almost like they were expecting Canelo to move on and in the fight and he didn't do that so it's almost like he just banks those early rounds that people can justify maybe Canelo winning but not for me I thought I thought if anything it was a 2-2 and I thought people done more than enough and it's just it's just fascinating that how it worked out it's almost like they got to a point where they knew in their head the judges we can't continually favour Canelo from this point and Bivol really did um, put on a, a great show in that ninth round from Canelo, as I say, I thought that was going to be the turning point, and I thought Canelo would march on. I, I was then thinking it's going to be like a draw, but Bivol came back, and credit to the guy. We we always said it. We we said that the the chances of Canelo losing a decision is very unlikely. You have to literally beat him for eight to nine rounds, and that's exactly what he did. And even then, the scorecards were close. Was it seven five across the board of all yep. three judges? Which isn't. It's just. It's not a fair reflection on the fight. At times, I actually felt. If anyone was going to get put down, it was going to be Canelo. Let's be honest. Canelo was in a bit of trouble at one point. And Bivol, he almost, he put a lot of pressure on him and then he backed off. And I thought if he could have just sustained that, I think we could have seen a, the referee at least get accounting for Canelo, um, which would have been really spectacular, wouldn't it? But yeah, I, I'm with you though. Uh, Canelo, Golovkin, I think that should still happen. I don't see what the big deal is. Look, we always say these great fighters, they dare to be great. The only thing that ever really stops them is the weight. The weight, it becomes a roadblock and, and I think you've just seen it there. It was even that stupid talk, wasn't there, Sean, of him fighting Usyk at, what, 201 pounds or something yep. ridiculous. I mean, that puts that well to bed if there was ever thinking of that. I think Canelo got a little bit away with the fairies and felt that his power would carry through and knock anybody out and I think Bivol has just made him realise and he's lucky, to be fair, that he didn't fight Paterviev because I think Paterviev would have stopped him because he's a, he's a different kind of monster in there. So, um, yeah, uh, look, it, I really enjoyed it though and I'm really pleased for Bivol and the one thing I will say is I did say a couple of years ago that Bivol would be in that pan fan top 10 at one point uh, a few people said, no way, no way. Um, so I'm quite pleased. A lot of people now sticking him in there and he's now considered a, a real name because he, he had, he, he's always had the potential. It's just in his last sort of couple of years, he hasn't really shown it. He's just been in second gear, hasn't he, really, gliding through fights. So it's it's great to see him put on a performance like this that I knew he had. So, yeah, and, and obviously a win-winner for Eddie Earn. He's got both fighters, hasn't he? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, let's see what happens with both men's careers going forward. A great victory for Bivol. Alvarez dared to be great and, and admittedly said the better man won and he was respectful about that and it was good to see the sportsmanship after the fight between both men. I want to see Alvarez. I still think he's one of the best fighters of this generation, if not the best fighter of this generation. That, that loss doesn't define him. Simple as that. And I think people do need to remember that. This loss won't define him as a fighter because I still believe going back down to 168, he'll still do great things in that division and still show why he is or should be the number one pound for pound in the world. And I'm sure we'll have a conversation on a separate episode about the top 10 pound for pound fighters at present because that's going to, for me, shift things just a little little smidgen, just a tad. It obviously puts Bivol in there and maybe drops Alvarez down to number two, maybe elevates Crawford to number one. I mean, again, very subjective, a conversation that will be had on another episode. But, you know, I looked down at the rest of the card. I managed to catch all the fights, some of them on the night, some of them the following morning. And uh, there are a few highlight fights out there. Alexis Espino losing to Aaron Silva. He got stopped in that fight in round four. Mark Castro, friend of the show, former guest of the show continued on with his winning streak going 7-0 and with a six-round UD. Uh, Zaheel Zhang, Big Bang Zhang, got a first-round KO over Scott Alexander, who literally came off his couch to fight Zhang in this fight. And, you know, Big Bang Zhang at 39 years of age, Johnston. I watched that fight, and I've watched a few of his fights recently, and I don't think he will get anywhere near a world title I think he's too old. I think he's too slow. He's got that punching power that could change a fight. Absolutely 100% could change a fight. However, I think if he fights somebody with lateral movement, with great footwork, with good hand speed in the heavyweight division, I think he's he's going to get beaten. He's undefeated as it stands at the moment. But, you know, this Hergovic fight, that probably will be rescheduled. Based on what I've seen of Hergovic so far, I think Hergovic runs rings around him, literally. Uh, possibly hurts him, possibly stops him. But I honestly can't see Sang fighting for a world title. I don't know what you think about him, but he just he just doesn't do it for me. He just I think he's too old, too slow, uh, and I just think he just isn't good enough to be a world champion. For me, Big Bang Zhang is uh, bang average, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> Absolutely bang average. Uh, <laughs> the only thing to his benefit, yeah, he has got quite a big punch and he's a southpaw, but he's he's not very good. He won't, you know, if, if that Hergovic fight had happened, I would have, I, I, I would favour Hergovic to stop him. I just think he, he eventually does get stopped. But at the minute, he's enjoying himself. And as you say, he's just like literally taking Alexander from the couch and onto the canvas floor pretty quickly. It was, it was a lovely knockout um, and uh, Scott Alexander looked in a... <laughs> he looked like he was uh, 
back on the sofa while he was laying down in the ring there as well, didn't he? <laughs> he looked absolutely dazed from it. Uh, yeah, great finish, but yeah, bang average. Uh, we had Shakram Jiseyov, who was 12-0, going to 13-0, beating Christian Gomez in an emphatic, unanimous decision victory, adding down in rounds 4, 7 and 10. Montana Love moves to 18-0-1, getting the UD over Gabriel Golaz Valenzuela. Uh, and then, obviously, there was Jose Zito Lopez, Jose Lopez, Jose Le- I always say Jose Zito Lopez, it's Jose Lito Velasquez who beat Jose Soto over six rounds, TKO in the sixth round, uh, a great victory for him in the flyweight division. Uh, I actually enjoyed some of the fights on that card, I managed to catch quite a few of them and you know there was a few fighters I'd not really seen at all before so it was nice again to tune in. As we said last week we were talking about you know I'll try and tune into a few more of these, these fights and actually you know start to understand how some of these fighters will move forward in their careers and it was it was nice to see that but all the talk really is about the main event which we've done most of the episode on and I think just sort of going back to that now and and, and moving forward within the the landscape of, of boxing maybe it is a good time to sort of briefly discuss how that pound for pound ranking is actually affected. I said maybe do it in a separate episode but I'm kind of feeling that conversation maybe needs to be had now and I think Dimitri Bibble, for me, sneaks into the top 10 now. Uh, and I think he deserves a place in there now. I think Sol Alvarez, for me... The big question is, do you drop him down from number one to number two? And do you elevate Terence Crawford and then stick Nao Anue behind Sol Alvarez at number three? I mean, what, what are your initial thoughts after that loss? It doesn't, obviously, drop him down dramatically for me. But it certainly, I think Terence Crawford now elevates to that number one spot do you agree or do you disagree what do you think about that i think for me with with canelo because he's he's you know he's attempted to really um be a great fighter i mean the crazy thing is if he beat bivol people probably wouldn't give him that much credit for it which is incredible they 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 give him not a lot of credit for not winning the fight um it is it is crazy really because uh, he's not a natural light heavyweight and he never will be to be fair maybe as you say he might get a bit fatter when he, the older he gets, you know, you get your your daddy fat on you. But I don't think um, he's not he's not a light heavyweight. If he does move into the light heavyweight division when he's older, he's, he's inevitably, no matter how good you are, you're just going to become a cropper against average fighters. It's just going to knock you out. So he just needs to stay in the super middleweight division, which where I feel that he's his natural weight. Um, I know people say there's not much difference, but you've got to think where he come from. You know, he come from light like, middle. He fought he fought with light like, welter, I think, didn't he? Uh, one. Yeah, one five four. I remember him being out, and he did fight a well way. I'm sure he did off the top of my head. I know he did. Um, so yeah, look, he's he's come a long way. Um, so for me, because of that, and because of you know daring to go up basically another another level against a guy that in Bivol who not many people thought he did a lot of good things well, and uh, I think now people realise he's actually a very good heavyweight, uh, light heavyweight. Sorry. So I think Canelo realize that sometimes you know they say the smaller the, the the excellent smaller guy beats the average bigger guy and i think that wasn't the story that night so i think for me i don't i don't think it moves him i think because crawford has been inactive he hasn't really fought anyone significant so for me terence would just sort of sit in number two and i think canelo sits at number one and I, I think if anything it probably does help crawford close that gap a little bit more but he still needs a big fight crawford he's he's just been inactive i know he's going through a lot of crap at the minute and he is a fantastic fighter, but from what Canelo's done throughout the years, I still think he sits at number one with Crawford in there. And then after that, yeah, I'll have a Nui. But again, a Nui's been inactive. Um, 
He's got obviously uh, Donair coming up again in their rematch. But um, due to that, I think Bivol and Spence Jr. are the ones that have probably edged in uh, to being within that top five. Um, yeah, so for my top five, I probably would have Canelo. I'd still at, at number one, I'd have Crawford. And then it'd be Inoue Spence um, after that, really, sort of coming in uh, from there and Bivol. So, yeah, I think they'll probably be my top five. Well, I'll read you out Sports Illustrated's updated rankings for the top 10 pound-for-pound fighters following that fight over the weekend. So they've put Dimitri Bivol in now at number 10. They've put Bivol in at number 10. At number 9, they've got Shakur Stevenson. At number 8, they've got Vasily Lomachenko. Number 7, Josh Taylor. Number 6, Tyson Fury. Number 5, Errol Spence. Number 4, Naoa Inoue. Number 3, Alexander Usyk. Number two, Sal Canelo Alvarez, and number one, Terence Crawford. So that's that's what Sports yeah. Illustrated have got. And obviously, we know how subjective these uh, these ma- these rankings are, and how these magazines can present these rankings. I know the Ring hasn't updated years since this fight, and I'd be interested to see what the Ring magazine puts as their top ten pound for pound fighters in the world. But I think the inclusion of Bivol in there at number ten is a welcome inclusion. I think they have decided to elevate Crawford to number one and put. Sal Alvarez down at number two. I mean, I'm kind of echoing what you think at the moment. I mean, I'm not suggesting Terence Crawford should be number one, but I think for some people, they may feel that Crawford should be at number one. I, I don't. I don't necessarily think he, he should be at number one. I think he definitely sits at number two. But I still think Alvarez, despite the loss... I think should be at number one, Johnston, because I think, like you said, yeah. daring to be great completely makes uh, a difference. The fact that he's lost... Given what he's previously done, he still deserves to be at number one. Look how active he was last year. Look how active he was against the likes of Kayla Plant, Billy Joe Saunders, Callum Smith. You know, all these fights that he's had in a, in a 12, 18-month period of time. I think compared to Crawford's resume, I mean, how can you put Crawford over that despite the loss? How can you do it? I mean, that's my argument. I think Alvarez still sits there, but I think if Crawford was to then get this big fight with Spence and he was successful in that, maybe that would edge him at number one. But overall, the top 10 from Sports Illustrated isn't a bad top 10, in my opinion. I think the the fighters that do deserve to be in there, Shakur's in there at number nine. Obviously, he's got two world title belts on him now. You've got Dimitri Bivol with his light heavyweight title you've got Tyson Fury which obviously we've not heard any news on whether he's definitely retiring or not so if he decides to completely retire even though he has said it in multiple interviews that really should knock him out of that top 10 straight away so that makes room for another fighter to be put back into the top 10 of course and let's let's see what happens over the next few weeks on BoxRec, they've now got him as inactive, Tyson Fury, but the WBC are giving him a few weeks following the fight against Dillian White to decide what he wants to do and whether he does want to carry on boxing. I mean, we've had this conversation as well. Let's see how the next few weeks and months pan out and whether he does do that. But overall, I think Sal Canelo Alvarez at number one, top pound for pound, I think he's still right. And you can argue against us, not a problem. I'd love to have the debate with people on social media because I want to see what people's top 10 pound for pound lists are and obviously I will put a tweet out about it. I'll put a tweet about what we think is you know roughly around our top 10 pound for pound fighters in the world and let Twitter go wild and let Facebook go wild because we know how much of a debate it causes. But for us we've both agreed that Canelo really does stay at number one regardless of the fact that he's just lost to Bivol. The fact that he's lost to Bivol, remember he has moved up a weight, not his natural weight to do that so you take that out of the equation he's still undefeated at super middleweight 
You know, he's still undefeated at middleweight. He's still undisputed champion at super middleweight. So surely, surely that puts him in with the, the massive shout to still be at number one, in my opinion. So it's interesting to see what rankings are like. And this is what Sports Illustrated was like. Let's see what the ring's like. But, you know, overall, it was a, it was a great fight to see. It was great to in some ways, see Dimitri Bivol come out there and, and prove that he is worth more than what people, including ourselves, admittedly, we're, we're giving him credit for. So, overall, I enjoyed it. It's a great fight. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens next. Uh, Johnston, any final thoughts then before we wrap this up on that pound-for-pound pound list and anything you want to include within that? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I mean, the fact is, is sort of they stick Bivol in at 10 um, and then sort of drop Canelo down at 2. I, I don't really see that. So Bivol's getting a lot of credit for his victory. I mean, he, he should do, don't get me wrong, but he was the naturally bigger guy. When you actually think about it logically, then um, he should have won that fight. I mean, when, when uh, Canelo fought Kovlev, um, many of us were like, what is he doing? Is he crazy? Because, you know, he's a massive size difference. So, I mean, for me, and then he goes and knocks him out. I mean, look, that alone is is it, that fight, that knockout win and beating Callum Smith, beating Plant, beating Billy Joe. I don't I don't see why that defeat alone has taken him off the number one. And Terence Crawford, is, he's not been active. If, if Terence was, had been active and he has beaten um, a name, like Errol Spence beat Ugas or Stevenson beating Valdez, you know, those guys have been active. They've got some great wins recently Golovkin as well uh, with his win so these guys have been active Roman Gonzalez is another one you know they've all been successful so really they, they've, they're closing the gap if anything on the top two I think I think that's the one thing I will say but the top two I don't think changes I think Canelo Crawford uh, one and two for me and then, and then the rest is take your pick really well, that's it for this episode, guys. The big fight reaction. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed our thoughts and our feelings and the opinions on it. And if you've got any opinions of your own, please let us know on social media at BTR Boxing Pod. On Twitter, on Facebook, you can find us at the BTR Boxing Podcast Network. You can find the YouTube channel. Please subscribe to it. Even if you decide not to watch any of the videos because you listen to us instead, please go on and subscribe and get us to that 1,000 subscriber mark. We're currently sat at 757 at the moment, so please get us to that 1,000 mark. Please go and subscribe. Tell your friends just to subscribe to the channel. It will be massively beneficial for us going forward. And please make sure you subscribe to us on all the available podcasting platforms if you're on apple make sure you leave a rating and a review please do that it's so important it gives the word of mouth digitally about our podcast and what we do and all the series-based content we have and finally a big shout out to the patrons from the patreon membership service thank you so much as always for your support we've got another episode coming your way very shortly for the month of may so please keep checking out the patreon page for that and if you've not checked out what we do on the patreon membership service please do go and check it out at patreon.com forward slash btr boxing podcast network if you hate listening to ads and you want to skip them all the time and you don't want to listen to them completely then you can have them removed by becoming a patron if you want early access to episodes such as the darker side of boxing legendary nights and career profiles all of our series based content is uploaded to the patreon membership service you can also commission episodes you can be involved in the patron only content you can get involved in polls for future episodes as well please go and check it out from as little as £1.50 a month or around about $1.75 you can become a patron get all 
them exclusive benefits and in turn you'll be supporting the podcast so please go and take a couple of minutes just to check it out and if you can support us thank you very much if you're not in a position to do it just give us a share on social media it's just as good that's it fight fans for the big fight reaction we hope you've enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next time Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.